Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. Brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, Bike Radar's Deputy Editor, and today I'm joined by Tom Marvin and Liam Cahill. And today we're going to be talking through some of the top stories this week so far on Bike Radar. Tom Marvin, how are you today? I'm all right, thanks, Jack. Yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling pretty chipper. Really? Uh, yeah, as I often do. Uh, Unheard of. Studio. Sunshine Marvin. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, feeling pretty good. Bike of the year is nearly, very nearly out of the way for me, uh, which is a, a happy state of affairs. Uh, and I'm going to go and ride a mountain bike tomorrow, which uh, I'm looking forward to. Wonderful. Uh, for the listeners who are just tuning in, when does Bike of the Year go live? Do you remember? I believe it's either the 11th or the 12th of May. Wonderful. Well, keep your eyes peeled on Bike Radar for that because it's the biggest day of the year on this site. Certainly Top is. winners across road, mountain bike and gravel bikes. Liam, how are you today? I'm very well. I've already been podcasting. Wow. It's, come on, boys, you're late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're late to the party because you took too long to do your previous no, podcast. Excellent podcast where Liam and George talk through some of the most exciting tech from Paris-Roubaix this year, the previous edition of the Bike Credit Podcast. Do check it out. It's a really good one. It's a good gallery on site too, and an excellent video presented by our very own Liam. But we're going to turn back the news that's been on Bike Radar this week. And we're going to kick things off with a pair of very expensive new alloy wheels from Roval covering both road bikes and mountain bikes. Now, alloy wheels, absolutely nothing wrong with them for road or mountain bikes for that matter. But I have to say the uh, price of these new wheels certainly raised some eyebrows. We'll start off with you, Liam, as our road correspondent in the room. 
Tell us what we need to know about these wheels and what you think about the price. Oh, so this is, if you know the Roval Alpinist CL or CLX, this is basically an alloy version of that. So you've got a shallow section rim. It's made of alloy. Uh, it's bolted to a DT Swiss 350 hub. Um, it weighs a claimed 1,485 grams. And it costs about seven hundred and fifty pounds, I think. A lot of money, seven hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah. Uh, weird. Honestly, we we saw this in the office, and we ju- all just went, "What?" What? To give like, some like, kind of context, like how would this sort of wheel set compare to a lightweight carbon climbing wheel set? What kind of weight would you be looking for there? And then how would it compare in price? You're adding two hundred, three hundred grams in terms of weight, which isn't much. But you're at the same price as some relatively good carbon wheels, like good carbon wheels uh, that have won at the world tour level in in the form of Hunt's mm-hmm. uh, wheels. So I, I also, it bothers me that they're, you know, going on about, you know, them being more robust. Like Nobody's cracking carbon wheels on the regular these no, days. No, I can't remember where when I last cracked a carbon wheel. But also, if you're going to make a wheel robust, you don't build it with alloy nipples. You build it with brass nipples because I'm going to get in there because every wheel builder that I know would absolutely kill me if I didn't. Tom, on the mountain bike kind of side, mm. it's a little bit more justifiable in alloy rim. You know, absolutely nothing wrong with racing, even on sort of alloy rims. But nonetheless, pretty pricey top end alloy rim that they're pitching more. It's like a cross country wheel, if I'm right in saying. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm going to pick a hole. Well, not a hole in your argument, Jack, but I, oh, I don't, right. I didn't um, raise my eyebrows <gasps> when I saw these wheels. Um, the front wheel is 310, the rear is 450, so you're looking at 760 quid for a pair um, of what are fairly lightweight. Alloy wheels. So, you know, there is always going to be a range of, you know, bottom end to top end, whether it's carbon, which maybe starts at the same price and goes up to astronomical amounts of money for a carbon wheel. And people don't, you know, like, I I think that £700 price point is a really interesting price point for mountain bike wheels. And it's one that I'm hopefully going to be exploring in my wheels group test later down the year, um, where I hope to be pitching top end alloy versus, um, in inverted commas, bottom end carbon. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they're not a cheap set of wheels, but they're also not ridiculously expensive. And if they perform as well as Rover wheels often do, I think they could be a, a fairly solid um, option. I'm not a massive fan of carbon wheels. Mm. Um, I think Bike Radar's most listened to ever podcast is one based around me having a little <laughs> moan about carbon mountain bike wheels. Um, so I'm actually, I, I think they could be pretty solid. There are sort of obviously questions over the, the use of what nipples they have, um, but. Uh, and also, I, I noticed that the rims themselves aren't particularly wide. I think they're 27 mil internal, which in the modern context certainly pitches them towards the uh, more cross-country end of things. Um, but even so, there's a lot of cross-country wheels with 30 mil internal width rims. I think they're interesting. And, I, uh, you know, from a mountain bike perspective, I have less beef less than beef. you do. Okay, okay. I think that'll be interesting. And I mean, these, yeah, to be- know, nice hubs, nice rims. It's very true. Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at them, how much are these ones, the mountain bike ones? They are... 760 for the pair. 760, just to stick with Hunt as the comparison since you mentioned them, Liam. Like, for example, a pair of Hunt proven carbon race uh, wheels cost you about 950 quid. That's that's a not insignificant amount of extra cash. Mm. Uh, and they weigh 1,929 grams claimed for the Hunt ones versus... Oh, hang on, here we go. Oh, for the uh, the off-road ones, sixteen forty-eight. So, oh, so I'm kind of comparing the Enduro ones. That's not very fair. Mm. Sorry, not very fair comparison. But still, they, for the you know price-wise, 
you are going to spend a little bit more for the carbon equivalent sort of wheels. Okay. Potentially. And I, I think my biggest thing with the carbon versus alloy is uh, sort of hand comfort. One of the things I've noticed, especially with sort of cheaper end carbon wheels, that they're quite, in fact, with all carbon wheels, quite harsh a lot of the time, unless you get a really good pair. Mm. Whereas a decent set of alloy wheels will perform well and should be pretty comfy. Uh, and also you can bend um, your, your rim walls back with a pli- set of pliers. And I have broke carbon wheels recently on mountain bikes. I'd like to say that that is such a mountain bike thing. <laughs> <laughs> Side of the road, can you imagine? Like smashing your rims out of your saddlebag. Oh, just get me pliers and <laughs> them back. One of the most nerve-wracking rides I ever had years ago, I was on a horrible grotty winter ride and I absolutely clattered my rim off of a uh, drain cover. Huge dent, quite far away from home and managed to put like one of those um, Schwalbe Aerothan tubes in, sort of mm. like plasticky ones. And rode home all the way with this huge sort of chunk inside of my rim, rim brake too. I bear in mind, it's also front brake only the whole way home. <laughs> um, and I couldn't bend it back, unlike a mountain bike wheel. Okay, um, I would like to make one argument for the road versions of these. All wheels. right, go for it. The Alpinist CL2, which is the kind of lower end carbon version of the Alpinist. Mm-hmm. You're looking at fifteen hundred quid for them. So these are half the price, and I would imagine that. That's why Specialized has done this. Mm. Interesting. Well, I look forward to seeing what the sort of audience take is on that. If you do have any thoughts, send them through to podcast at bikeradar.com or head to either of the stories. They are linked in the podcast podcast description and leave your thoughts in the comments. Certainly one that raised my eyebrows, but maybe you two have won me back over. Now we're going to move over to two new computers from Garmin. Who would like to go first? <laughs> oh, Gosh, um, actually, I I think I'll take this one because I've got the 1040 and I'd like to summarize for the listeners that basically <laughs> the 540 is the 1040 with a smaller screen and no button, uh, no touch screen. It's got buttons. And the 840 is the 1040 with a smaller screen, a smaller battery, and you still get the same kind of touch screen. That is it. They're Complete. also They're also cheaper. You still can have solar technology if you want, um, but you get pretty much all of the all of the good stuff, and you all get the bad stuff as well. Come to you in a second. Um, in terms of what's new here, Climb Climb Pro two point zero. So that is basically Climb Pro, but you don't have to have a route loaded. So as you approach a climb, you get um, a kind of a profile pop up, and you get told things like gradient is mm. like oh i can't see it 15 percent gradient can i yeah thanks garmin um but also you get useful stuff like how far to go um you've got which is actually quite useful for pacing a climb um you can also load in via garmin connect i believe you yes you've got to use garmin connect it's the best free software i think around uh, you can load in a training plan so you can mm-hmm. set a goal event or you know whatever you want to way down the line and Garmin will give you a training plan and it's fully baked it's they're genuinely quite good you can follow them they give you something to do every day they're adaptive so if you like me I've got my Garmin watch on if I have a if I have a terrible night's sleep then it will kind of adjust the training plan on the computer and you don't have to do a thing. 
Interesting. Well, from a hardware perspective, there's also been so not really upgrades per se because we did already see these in the 1040. But the computers also get multiband GNSS technology, which supposedly improves GPS accuracy. Truthfully, I've not really had any GPS accuracy issues in a very, very, very long time mm. on my uh, any bike computer for that matter. But anyway. Um, and some other kind of software update to do with routing and that kind of thing. Tom, I can see you itching to have a grumble. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I mean, I'll have a little. I'll have a little general grumble in a minute. But I've got two. Two. That that new GPS integration with all the different systems from a mountain bike perspective, I think, is is an interesting one. Be interesting to see whether it adds to maybe sort of the ninety nine percent of the time it does work. Maybe it makes it ninety nine point nine percent. I have had occasional issues. Sadly, I'm sure it won't uh, give get me GP, get me like you know when you go under a bridge, mm-hmm. right? And it's like oh you've got lost. I was like, no, I've, I've just gone under a bridge. <laughs> that that bugs me because <laughs> there's a few. You do bridges realize that... the GPS is in the sky? <laughs> I, I know. But come on, let's use a bit of AI here, like. It has a map of me going under a bridge. Maybe it can work out that I'm going under a bridge instead of telling me I'm lost. The other one that I sort of I would never use, but I think is kind of interesting, is the cycling ability feature, uh, which came on the 1040. I don't know if you've used that. Is that any good? Uh, yes and no. Um, if you're an experienced rider, I would class myself as experienced. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I know that my sprint is as useful as a chocolate teapot. That's why I don't or used to avoid sprints in races. Mm-hmm. And it will tell me that my sprint is useless and it will tell me you should train that. And I would say, I've been trying. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's it's useful if you're coming at it and you kind of want an area to work on. It will tell okay. you your five-minute power is pretty rubbish, mm-hmm. probably. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, not di- I'm not directing that at you. I'll direct it at myself. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, my, 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 I'll have my grumbles now. So, <laughs> so I've used uh, Garmin's a lot because I think it's probably fair to say that they are pretty much the best GPS devices out there, really. I, I if you want a, a full rundown, you can read our guide to the best GPS, the best GPS devices GPS, yes, on bikecreator.com. Yes. But, you know, I use a 530 and a 1030 are the ones I, I use most frequently. And I've got an Instinct watch, which I actually really like. Um, I, I just wish two things. Mm-hmm. One, 
you've got a map, right? And it shows you on the map where, you know, the roads or the routes you're on, and you've got your little icon of where you are, right? Okay. And you know, sometimes you go wrong because we're not all infallible. You go wrong, and these two big boxes pop up on the bottom of the screen. One saying, pause navigation, the other one saying, reroute, or whatever it is. And they pop up right over your icon on the map. Yeah. So you can't actually see where you've gone wrong and how you might self-correct it. Mm. And you have to pause navigation. It's just like, the UI, I'm sorry, like, I, I, I think Garmin's are great, but the UI... I've got, I've got, I've got issues. I've got issues. I spent six weeks riding with one every day, and I, 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 I spent a lot of time grumbling about it because I went wrong a lot. I'm, I'm not sure if you'll like the new UI. Uh, the the 1040, the UI has definitely been built for uh, a touchscreen. So if you're right. using this on the 540. Or well, maybe no, it's an eight thirty. Sorry, I've got an eight thirty and a ten thirty. Okay. Sorry, I've I've got touchscreen cool. posh ones. Fine, um, but yeah, it, the the new UI makes sense. But if you then try and use it with just the buttons, I think it might be a bit tricky. Bit of a faff. Mm. Oh, it's just there's just little things. And the other thing that I just wish they would just turn off is virtual partner. I cannot think unless you're riding in a velodrome. Right, where you have to ride, you know, maybe you're doing an hour record, right? Then your virtual partner is quite useful. Not you, allowed to use a computer, you know. but never mind. Well, there we go. Go out for a normal ride, right? Because it doesn't stop at traffic lights, right? It doesn't have, like, muddy, swiggly <laughs> corners where you get lost. It does, And I'm like, what is the point? All it does is sing at you when you're a bit slower. It I'm pretty does, sure you can turn off virtual yeah. partner. You can't. You can't on A1030. You cannot. You cannot. I've been on the Garmin Formans. You cannot turn it off, and it does my nut. <laughs> Tom is red in the face oh, right now. I if, I, it. if we're going to beef on Garmin UI, I think some of the things that annoy me generally is that some metrics and settings aren't filed under what feels like the most logical places. So, like, for example, settings might be under settings, whereas other basic stuff like GPS mode would be under profile because it's actually mm. profile specific. It takes a bit of learning, but yeah. Is what it is. Also, but they are good. They are they good. Are good. They are good. They're That's very, why we all use them. If you if you go and try and set one up, if you're ever in a position where you're a bike tester and you get one of these units before the embargo is lifted, mm. and you try to set one up, mm. holy hell, it's a nightmare because it's just like, why aren't you connecting to Garmin Connect? Well, because you haven't put it on Garmin Connect, because then it would tell the world that it was there. Uh, World's yeah. smallest violin for the people yeah. listening going, oh, we have to use a new computer before anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> manual setup. Oh, I'm so glad they're a thing of the past. Anyway, we've um, got the two new computers in for test. We will be doing a review in the nearish future. They always take a little while. Computers, we like to get really in-depth them because there is lots of things and quirks to, to kind of pick away at. But overall, the two new computers are sort of a little bit of business as usual. Before we move on from Garmin, I have a question for both of you. With your map, are you north up people, or do you like the map to rotate as you're navigating? Of course, the map rotates when you're navigating, so you can give see me, whether you're going left or rotation. right. Yeah, I'm a north up kind of guy. Really? Yeah. What happens if you're heading south? Do you turn left when you meant to go right? No, nah, just not an idiot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm a north up kind of guy. No, I but know. what? No, yeah, but so where does your icon on the map change its relative position on the screen? Yes, but the map right. always stays, stays the right way around. Right, yeah. Yeah. Do you, you don't drive, do you, Jack? No, I'm a big baby. No, uh, okay, because uh, yeah, on a car one, you'd have it. Well, Yeah, I could see that for like a junction or whatever. But on yeah. a bike, I, I think I tend to think my brain looks like an OS map inside. So I think I tend to think that way. Mad. There we go. Anyway, uh, on a similar-ish sort of tact, uh, we now can control Spotify from inside the Strava app. 
That's pretty much all there is to this news story. But Strava <laughs> says that it's the first integration of its kind. And it means that you can now pause, resume, skip and browse songs, podcasts, including, of course, the Bike Radar podcast or audiobooks from the Strava app while recording an activity. Which for people who record activities on the phones, which I'm just guessing here, but probably is the majority of people who use Strava, I would, I would guess for the runners of this world, um, means you don't have to switch between apps if you want to you know, vibe out while you're uh, doing exercise. Now, to finish up today's very brief podcast, Liam, I can guess what you're going to say, but if you were the sort of person who liked to listen to music while smashing along doing efforts, who would you be listening to? You know, it's funny, it's not Taylor Swift. Oh, right. Well, I'm I... very... I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> I I would take anything that is just the cheesiest, worst kind of. Can you imagine a techno pop track with a rap in the middle? Incredible. That if you if you heard it on the radio, like oh god, get that off. Mm-hmm. In an interval, oh my lord, that's that's worth an extra twenty watts right there. Wow, it's lovely. Okay, it's brilliant. Tom Marvin. Uh, I'm a regular listener to music when I'm riding my, my bikes, usually mm. on the gravel bike. I always have something on. Uh, I, I have four four things. That I four, songs. To. four songs. Four songs on repeat. What did you listen to? Uh, so I, quite, I often listen to Radio 4 because uh, if I'm out for sort of six hours, I actually want to listen to, to speech. So things yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the food program or Life Scientific. Maybe uh, if we're talking musical things, uh, Desert Island Discs. That's it. Uh, obviously, the Bike Radar podcast comes oh, on all else? the time. Uh, and two two uh, playlists on Spotify. One called Night Rider, which is some great <laughs> deep melodic techno. Um, it's very good for driving uh, at night. Uh, but also, I find it's it's like good like oh, yeah. background music for like just keeping the legs turning. Uh, and a little playlist that myself and my lovely girlfriend have created called Bruschetta, um, which is got <laughs> oh no cold open top sandwich. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. We just called it Bruschetta. Um But um, it's not a public one, so you can't find it. Um, but it's got lots of really very diverse set of mutes on there. She's a, she's a, she's a muso. She's into the music she industry. She works in podcasting works. industry, doesn't she? She does. She's a, That's why you're such a maestro in the podcast. Learn everything you know. Producer on Six Music. Uh, so she's got all the knowledge, which means I get to listen to good music via her. Um, what about you, Jack? Me and Laura have a really embarrassing playlist called Kind Music for Soft Eggs. <laughs> but no, I like to listen to... Uh, <laughs> I like to listen to uh, This American Life. It's my favourite podcast. I used to listen to that a lot um, when I was riding. I don't really ride with headphones very often these days, but on like a tour or something, I would if I'm doing a solo what's, tour. What's This American Life about? Just, um, life in America. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a sort of... Uh, I don't know, kind of like journalistically led podcast. Good stories. It's really good. And also like 99% Invisible. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Roman Mars and his deep husky voice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. ASMR almost. Yeah. Um, well, now we can listen to all these wonderful things from the Strava app. Right. If you so happen to leave your slightly frustrating garment at home. <laughs> I'd just like to say that um, on Spotify every year, my top tracks are like white noise and stuff like that mm. because I'm a bike journalist who works in a noisy office that really? likes a quiet That's office. That, uh, so okay. Noise cancelling headphones and, and no, not white noise, sorry, brown, brown noise. Because it's nice. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I, um, I also like to listen to music in the office, but I, I would rather like to listen with headphones in the office, but I don't listen to white noise. I tend to be a loud, shouty music kind of guy. Can what? you can you write and listen to music? Yeah, very much oh, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Night Rider. Night Rider. Get on it. Honestly, it's <laughs> so good. It's so good. All right. Now yeah. I know what you're vibing out to in the corner yeah, of the office, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
As always, all these stories will be in the podcast description if you want to read more. Again, please do leave comments. We love reading them. We love replying. And if you have feedback on the podcast, as usual, podcast at bikerader.com. Actually, before we finish, anything from you two? Anything else exciting? Any any fun, sunny cycling plans for early spring? I'm going to Seattle next week. Oh, cool. Yeah, um, I've never been to Seattle, so I'm looking forward to a little bit of Californian sun. Um, I, I actually made a little plan this year. I said to myself, deep, I obviously didn't tell my boss this, I didn't want to go to any trade shows this year because I'm not a big fan. But then the option of going to Seattle I think came Seattle up. will be quite ah, good pretty fun. cool, yeah. huh? And you'll be doing two podcasts from there, I've heard, on the great Well, let's, let's not, you know, let's not... No, let's commit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned to the uh, our podcast producers upstairs that we'll be doing this. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Liam, any early spring cycling plans for you? I'm testing a new bike that does the commute, but also does long road miles, but also does could do a little spot of racing. So, Is it a road bike? It is a road bike, yeah. An unreleased road bike? An unreleased road bike. Stop press. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've actually just got over a knee injury. Bit of tendonitis in my left mm. knee. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was at the gym this morning just testing it out. So I can actually ride to work tomorrow. I'm very excited because I've got the bus a lot. I don't like it. That, yeah, the uh... bus is dreadful. Right, on that note, thank you very much for listening to the Bike Creator Podcast. Do give us that five-star rating that you know we deserve, if anything, just for our impeccable music taste. Or, yeah, <laughs> and our egos. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speak to you again soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 